0: Another episode, all the news that's fit to chew and a little bit more. My name's Jay, how have you been? I'm up and about. Life is good, food is abundant. And that's what we're talking about this week on Scoff. We're talking about one particular man who has shaped the Melbourne food identity, even though he's a sydney cider. perhaps more than any other man. Maybe Australia's most well-known restaurateur, certainly one of the most successful. We're talking about Neil Perry... And the virtues of hospitality, the merits therein, what do we do it for? Do we do it to provide a service? Do we do it to bring smiles to the dials of our punters? Or, as Neil has recently faced the conundrum of, do we do it to make shitloads of cash? That's right, we're foregoing the usual scoff structure this week. No review, we're going to have an in-depth news section talking about a few things going around town. And my take on the burgeoning Neil Perry Empire, this week on Stop Melbourne food news to start off with could be construed as more Melbourne booze news, but they're all sort of combined, I suppose, is that the question marks hanging over the almost forgotten Esplanade Hotel have somewhat been resolved with the news that the Sandhill Road Boys are sweeping in and investing and possibly keeping it as it is. So the SB, as we know, the iconic St Kilda watering hole where you can sit and drain a few cheeky tins on a, of a weekend... And watch some rackety, just-formed, average band play along in the background. Or possibly catch a glimpse of a drunken footballer or minor celebrity. Or even have a little perv on Julia Zemiro as she hosts Quiz. Has been closed for quite some time. For renovations. And basically looking for a rescue. A rescue from a desolate future in which the ESPY was demolished. And replaced with some sort of awful soulless black glass, polished brass, marble toileted apartment complex for just graduated law execs to splurge their entire life's worth into a mortgage to buy a water view flat in some sort of cliched apartment complex with a name like Click or The Grove or epoch or something inane and ridiculous. That is a future we have avoided. Sandhill Road, as I mentioned, the owners and proprietors of the game-changing Garden State Hotel on Flinders Lane, which you probably know from such incidents as lining up for an hour and a half on Saturday night only to be denied entry by some Kardashian-esque door hostess because they're full and you don't meet the quota of once appeared on Offspring or played a few games for the Ds. Where was I? Anyway, the Espie. They're gonna they're gonna buy it, they're gonna keep it as a live music venue. Hopefully they're gonna keep the original idea that it's a you know it's a casual pub. Parmas and steak sandwiches, nachos, chips! I don't wanna see any emulsions, I don't wanna see any expat once Michelin starred county hotel chefs coming over and putting gels on my Parma. I don't want a sphericated Chicken wing with tomato consom ice block instead of a palmer. I want a big dirty palmer. That's what I want at my my uh, my watering hole. Anyway, this is good news for the Melbourne live music scene in particular, uh, which is sadly dwindling, and also for the St Kilda drinking scene, been sadly lacking since the Espy had closed. One of the iconic St Kilda restaurants and pubs and just general sites along with your lunar parks and your recently reopened uh, Stokehouse, which we'll be reviewing in a future episode of Scuff. And the other news this week, interestingly, sadly, I'm not really sure what to make of this and I'll expunge on that a little bit further in a moment, is the news that Neil Perry, Australia's most celebrated restaurateur, possibly the most successful, one of the most iconic, probably my favourite. And I'll talk about that a little bit further on. And I don't want this to sound too harsh because I do love Neil and worship the ground he walks on. Uh, has sold his last restaurant to his burgeoning empire of uh, conglomerized. Is that a word? I don't know. Basically, he's combining all these restaurants into one McRestaurant Group. Your Spice Temples, your Rosettas, your Rock Pools, Bars, and Grills. Your burger projects, they're all getting formed into one big melange, and the details will come in the next segment. But sadly, the last restaurant, which he sort of planned to keep, I think, separate, is the original uh, darling of his eye, Eleven Bridge. Formerly Rockpool, which was formerly in The Rocks, and then at Eleven Bridge in St Kilda, in, um, in Sydney, not St Kilda, um, will close and become a Cantonese restaurant. Essentially meaning that Neil, for all intents and purposes, is out of the fine dining world. And you could argue whether Rosetta's fine dining, you could argue whether Spice was fine dining. For my money, that the level that Rockpool was at, and I believe it was the Gourmet Traveller Restaurant of the Year as soon as two years ago, um, to close so suddenly is a damning indictment on the idea of restaurants and the virtues of hospitality and fine dining which I will wax lyrical on in a moment. But that's the news. Basically, Neil's out of the game. He'll be the restaurant... He'll be the head of the group and the food exec and the consulting chef and whatnot and so forth, but his days of being the sole private owner of a restaurant are are over. Um, End of an era in the Melbourne food scene. And we'll be discussing that a little bit more as we mix up our normal sort of setup on Scoff to discuss the Neil... Perry Dichotomy on this week's Scoff. So who is Neil Perry? He's a man. He's that bloke with a ponytail. But a lot of people to whom celebrity chefs are principally known for cooking on TV or talking heads on My Kitchen Rules or sort of tasting a plate of fussy, overdressed garbage on MasterChef. He probably seems a little bit uninteresting. He doesn't have the booming, ridiculous personality of some chefs. He doesn't have the uh, media profile of some chefs. But to me, and a lot of people in the industry who regard him as a champion of provenance, a champion of quality, uh, someone who is frankly obsessive about his sourcing and the standard of his ingredients. He represents something very pure um, in hospitality, and that is a genuine want to deliver an experience and um, highlight the best of Australian cuisine. And that's why this news this week that uh, his last remaining restaurant that is not a co-owned deal with uh, UPG will be closing is sad. Uh, Sad for someone who's followed his career very closely. Sad for someone who's dined at almost every venue he has. There's almost 50 of them. Someone who is um, a fanatic supporter of his brand. Um, and although in many ways it's not the end of what Neil Perry does, in some ways it is. Neil Perry shot to prominence, I guess, back in the days, um, back in the late 80s, I believe, at Blue Water Grill in Bondi. Became sort of the hottest joint to be at. Not that I would know, because I was just barely born, but (laughs) from consulting history, that's what it tells me before. before he got the opportunity to open Rockpool in the rocks in the late 80s with his uh, long-time partner and confidant Trish Richards. Uh, Countless awards, um, you know, world top 50 restaurant listings for Rockpool. I had the pleasure of visiting Rockpool um, as a young man with my younger brother and my father at its original Rock site. It was fantastic. It was a, a treasured memory. It expanded in 2006 when after a sort of close consultation and friendship with James Packer led to a deal being struck between Neil and Crown, which uh, lasts to this day. And a failed um, venture that would have seen Rockpool expand to London, Rockpool Bar and Grill Melbourne was opened in 2006. A place where I very happily had my 18th birthday, again with my father and my brother, in which I was gifted a 100 gram Wagyu steak, which cost $110, as my birthday present to give you an insight into what sort of fucking weird kid I was. That's what I wanted for my birthday, but I got it. In the years to follow Spice Temple Sydney and a Rockpool Bar and Grill in Sydney as well, um spice temple being neil's iconic provincial chinese restaurant Sichuan and hunan and um, various other less exalted uh regional cuisines of china highlighted there followed by spice temple melbourne 2010 another rock pool bar and grill at the uh billwood burrswood complex air crown perth in 2011 and then the sort of upmarket Venetian-style glitz house that is Rosetta at Crown in two thousand twelve. Uh, sometime after that, Rockpool moved from its iconic bridge location to Eleven Bridge Road in Sydney. Not sure why, but it did. It was henceforth known as Rockpool nineteen eighty nine, referencing the date when Rockpool opened. Neil, in the meantime, also struck up deals to be the executive chef consultant for Qantas and certainly a big player in the G'day um, USA program to bring eyes on the culinary world of Australia from America and uh, working on the food and consulting for all of the business class loungers and in-flight dining on Qantas flights. Um, He's written a number of beautiful cookbooks um, He's also the consulting chef for David Jones these days, overhauling their food courts and whatnot. And his second to most recent venture outside of what we'll talk about today was Burger Project, which I think Neil would be the first to tell you is a direct rip-off of the Shake Shack concept. Um, I don't think there's any shame in that, bringing quality sort of house-made burgers in that traditional American diner style, combining it with you know good quality ingredients, um, and shakes, and beers, and things, and making it sort of, sort of like a high-end fast food option. And I have to say, as much as it pains me, as someone who is thought of to be the holder of all the secrets, all the little nooks and crannies, and the best little hidden spots around town, that when push comes to shove, I'd probably rather have a Burger Project burger over almost any other one. They are sensational. They've recently just opened one in Melbourne Centre as well to go along with their Collins Street, Chadston, and various other Sydney ones. That's that's one you'll see explode, I think, in the next few years with this Urban Pervet Group combination. You'll see um, burger projects everywhere, as they should be. They're outstanding. So with the news that... Eleven Bridge will close, uh, I believe in May. Um, And the incoming sort of mass expansion of the Neil Perry brand, you know, there's a Rosetta opening in Rose Bay in Sydney, which will be lush. There's uh, often spoke of sort of Northern Sydney and Parramatta expansion for Spice Temple and um, Spice Temple Junior brands and things like this. I thought we'd have a look at the deal which sort of has brought everything to the table here, and that is uh, Urban Purveyor coming to the table in late 2016 and offering Neil an offer he couldn't refuse. Now, Urban Purveyor Group, um, for lack of a better term, is a bit of a a feeder of the masses. They're sort of known for places like the Bavarian Beer Cafe, which has sort of giant locations, um, massive turnover and massive alcohol sales. In the last few years, they've expanded around Melbourne and Sydney with brands like Fratelli Fresh, the frankly awfully named Fratelli Fresh, um, and a pretty bad reputation as well, I have to say. Um, the Italian restaurant in the city. They had a very briefly uh, run steakhouse in town called The Cut as well, which has since closed, I believe. A bit of a disaster. And they bought out sake. Um, and expanding into Sake Genius. So Sake is your, your glitzy, don't necessarily love Japanese food, but would like to be seen to be eating Japanese food near a river in a city venue. It started in, um, in Brisbane, then into Sydney and Melbourne. But now, for some reason, they've got two venues in Melbourne. I don't believe I've ever seen more than three tables inside Sake on Flinders Lane, just near Chin Chin. But all power to them. Apparently, they're in a position to keep expanding. They've opened Sake Junior uh, in the city near Burger Project, ironically. And that expansion is on. So they're well on their way to sort of branding themselves as, with Neil involved and combining all his restaurants to being one of the most, if not probably the biggest, restaurant group in Australia. And Neil will be head of it. The Rockpool Dining Group, as it is renamed, will be the consulting chef. He'll still have a minority stake. But the fact is he won't be behind the pans in any of his restaurants. He won't be the driving force behind 11 Bridge along with his long time sort of second in command, uh, Phil Wood, who is regarded as one of the better chefs in Australia and who certainly with the the news that he'll be leaving the group will be one of the most sought after chefs uh, in the world as people line up to bring his particular brand of fusion food which isn't such a dirty word when you look at the way he does it to their restaurants so it's a sad time it's it's the end of an era you know this is a man who has certainly been known as the mark of excellence in this country for you know close to 30 years he's been a man who has been a champion of australian produce um but he uh, he's a man who's getting older and he's a man who probably can't be um diverting all of his energy into into all his disparate venues as he gets older and particularly with the news that uh this week that there are plans afoot to expand overseas um obviously the connections he's made through Qantas and the G'day USA program have meant that uh the likelihood of a rock pool bar and grill Los Angeles I'm told is a distinct possibility as well as well as the aforementioned opportunities in London it's, um, it's a great time to be Neil Perry, especially when you uh, sort of look at the reason this was all done. At the end of the day, it was money. Money came forward, and industry speculation puts it somewhere between 30 and 100 million dollars. My sources tell me it's closer to 50. Um, but there's nothing to uh, pardon the pun. There's nothing to scoff at. 50 million is a big deal um, as someone who's dabbled with being a small business owner and certainly been um del del sort of committed his life to a hospitality career i can agree with neil when he says that there's not a lot of money in the restaurant industry there's not a lot of money in fine dining it takes a particularly smart and hard working man to achieve the success that neil has received and he deserves it he deserves that power he deserves a life of of travel and um glitz and glamour and the lifestyle which he's now become accustomed to. It does say something about the different types of people in hospitality. There's people to whom, you know, cooking is their life and giving people a warm sort of comforting experience is their life and they devote their entire life to it. But ultimately, does it come to much as the person who runs the neighbourhood restaurant that's behind the pans, it's on the pass, it's, you know, at the door greeting and setting people until they're ready to be lowered into the ground, busting their life and working pretty much all the hours of their week away to achieve something, does it really come to all that much in the end, other than the sense of reward, or do you go the other way, do you sort of expand and diversify to the point where you can actually get to a point like Neil Perry, like Shannon Bennett, who we will discuss in a later episode, you can sort of dust your hands and say, well, you know what, I've done my part, I'm cashing out. Is that the ultimate goal of this all? I mean, at the end of the day, we are charging money for our food and drinks and service. Shouldn't it really be like any other business, the goal to make money and then get out? I don't know, I'm a little bit torn. To me, hospitality is named thusly because you are providing something which can't always be measured in money, you're giving people... Um, a, you know, a memorable, pleasurable experience. I'm not saying that that's something that Neil won't strive to do in the future, but um, it does bring up an interesting discussion about the true merits of hospitality, what we seek to achieve and what can be gained from this game. We'll keep you updated with all the movements in the Neil Perry Rockpool Dining Group going forward here on Scuff. Future episodes, I'm sure we will keep you updated with all the restaurants to be opening. As previously mentioned, his most recent venture is Burger Project at Melbourne Central. Comes highly regarded. Yes, I did say highly regarded. Apparently, I say that every 10 minutes or so. I just slip that in there for a certain friend of mine who likes to call me on it. Um, Alright then, that's enough seriousness for now. Let's take a little break. Let's take a little breather. Let's have a little... Why want not we have a little snifter of Calvados or something? Kick back and have a rant on Scoff. What is the best way to alert a front of house member that you require their attention, whether it be to order something, to alert them to something, to request a bill, etc., etc., so on and so forth? I will lay them out here for you in a simple way that can be remembered and applied to the varying situations. One, close the menu if it is a book. Or place it in the centre of the table, on top of the other menus, if it is a single sheet of paper. And then attempt to make casual eye contact with the person. And then just a gentle smile or a a nod will probably suffice. When requesting the bill, and excuse me, can we please have the bill when you're ready? Will suffice. If you are extremely busy, and there is a counter, in the venue, at a cafe, or a pub, or even a restaurant, you can see that there's a till area. I personally don't have a huge problem if you get up, especially if you're willing to pay discreetly and pay at the till, provided the person there is um, not busy. A few things that are not acceptable. Clicking. Do not click at me, sir. I am not a trained parrot. I am not an eagle at some sort of Gumbaya Park demonstration showing how I can pick off a marmot at 50 paces. Do not wave your hand in some sort of pen signal. I will come over and ask if you need my signature. Are you looking for an autograph, sir? I assure you this podcast is not that well listened to that you require an autograph. Do not stand up and wave like you're signaling for help. You've been caught in a ripping bondi and you're being dragged off to sea. Sit down. It's okay. Don't worry. You'll get your order at some point. You'll get your bill at some point. There's absolutely no premium on my time here. I assure you, you're not gonna die, sir. Please, just sit the fuck down.